Welcome to Audible Interlude, a G.I. Joe podcast. I'm your host, Dave West, codename Phantom Troublemaker. And I am your co-host, Noel Wood, codename Crapshoot. And I'm your Cobra intern that needs water, (laughs) codename Legion Cub. If they could see your... Oh, man, I just realized your theme that you've got going on. Yes. Uh, very nice. Christian has a desert, in the mood. a desert theme here. Uh, okay. Schedule. Our live Joe Fest episode is available now wherever you get your podcast. Uh, lots of fun stuff on there. I think our live audience shows are a little more spontaneous. There's a different energy. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am more inclined to rant a little bit because I know it's going to get me more direct attention. <laughs> uh, so, so it's, it's a fun listen and it's uh shorter than most of our episodes, which some people might consider to be a good thing. <laughs> our, our next live stream. I apologize. I've got a lodge lozenge in my mouth because I, I had some kind of funk earlier in the week that I, I went to the doctor they tested me for ever, for the flu, for the strep, for the COVID. I got none of it. But and I'm the still doctor on... said, Dave, you got so much funk in you. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, you're funky like a monkey. Um, but I'm on antibiotics and a steroid, and they're simultaneously drying me out and doing all kinds of other things in my system. So I've got a, I've got a lozenge in my mouth, which is probably really helping my speech out a lot. Uh, Next live stream is July the 3rd. We are arranging special guests, and I want to make this point. I do not plan to have guests on every episode, but when we have the opportunity to have great guests on, we're going to do it. I don't plan to make it a cornerstone of the show ever, but like I said, when when somebody cool comes along, we're going to have them on. Uh, July the 16th, Noel. Why don't you explain Cobra Convergence? Well, I I certainly can't do it as well as our last live guest did, who, of course, is Hooded Cobra Commander 788, uh, who uh, was one of the, the founders of Cobra Convergence, uh, along with uh, several other uh, YouTubers. And, of course, starting with just three, and it just has continued to grow throughout the years, um, doing Cobra-related content uh, in all sorts of audio and video formats. And we get to participate for the second time this year. So I'm very happy about that. Yeah, on July 16th, we will be uh, hosting our live stream that is Cobra Convergence-themed. And we share that date with a channel who I've grown quite fond of, uh, Action Robot Punch. So check, uh, check that channel out and definitely check them out on July 16th as well. And then directly after that on july the 17th at 11 p.m eastern time we will be live counting down the end of the dragonfly has lab just like we did with the hiss tank last year uh and i don't know exactly what we're going to talk about because last year we did uh, instruments of destruction with a hiss tank but we've already done the dragonfly <laughs> so we got to come up with something else but that's fine. If anybody knows how to uh, blow hot air for an hour, it's us. <laughs> and then on July 23rd, we've got another bonus live stream where we're going to recap whatever happens at San Diego Comic-Con. So it may be 20 minutes. It may be an hour and a half. We don't know. And we won't know until we see 
what happens at San Diego Comic-Con. We're going to talk about it. Uh, and speaking of bonus live streams, uh, we just tonight, last Thursday to you guys, recorded uh, the recap of Thrasher's Scavenger Hunt, uh, which we did at Joe Fest 2023. And everybody can check that out on the Needless Things YouTube channel. And then finally, on July the 31st, uh, our regular live stream uh, on a Monday. And I don't know what we're doing then because that's over a month away and I haven't even thought about it yet because we had a lot of stuff between now and then. Well, you know, we, we like to cover news and who knows what news will happen between now and then. Yeah. Yeah, a lot's going to be going on. So check out Audible Interlude Podcast on Instagram and kick off the summer the right way with a visit to beautiful Braca Beach. That's right. We've got a new t-shirt exclusive to us designed by Slickalicious. Uh, you can purchase that shirt from our Tee Public store. The links are all over the Instagram, Audible Interlude Podcast on Instagram. It's an awesome shirt. I'm very proud of it. It's it's an idea I've kind of had kicking around in the back of my head for a couple of years now, um, which, by the way, you guys, when this episode posts, we will have been doing this show for three years. No way. Wow. June wow. 29th marks three years of Audible Interlude podcast. It seems like just yesterday. Legit. It's crazy. Uh, we So we have had a lot of fun. Uh, thank you to everybody that's listened. Thank you to everybody that joins us on the Needless Things YouTube channel for the live streams. Uh, we're having a blast doing this, and we're, you know, still learning, still figuring things out and still trying to do everything we can to be entertaining and fun and, and to promote the spirit of GI Joe, uh, because we believe to our core that GI Joe is for everybody. Uh, all right. We got a little bit of news we're going to talk about, which is unusual for our audio episodes, but there's been so it's Yojo June. Mm -hmm. So there's so much going on. We kind of have to talk about the pre-orders that went up, not this past Wednesday, We'll talk about those on our next live stream uh, on July the 3rd, which is really weird to say. But last Wednesday, pre-orders went up for the Snow Serpent, for Low Light, and for Robert W. Graves' Grunt. Let's talk about these just a little bit. Uh, Christian, let's start with you uh, with Snow Serpent. Yeah, since you're yes. a big since you're a big modern era guy, and the influences here. Well, it, what, what? How did this hit you? My mind was blown, and I know I say that a lot, but this he outdoes shipwreck, the Cobra Eel, Copperhead, all the ones that I've been the most excited about. Um, So with the quote unquote modern era, Joe's one of the things that, you know, I really liked about the snow serpent figure was they made the fur a separate piece as opposed to like the original O-ring. I feel like it brought that detail out more. And so with the classified, we don't just get like the fur on the shoulders. We're getting a fur cape and a wolf head that will fit over his helmet 
like a straight I'm a, up like Conan the Barbarian looking. Yeah, and and you know, I'm a sucker for snow themed figures, and to me that that took him from wow, this is a great figure to OMG, like. It also makes him a deluxe figure, uh, but he is also so rad that he comes with a snowboard, people. (laughs) (laughs) It is not just the snowshoes for him to be tracking down Snowjob and Frostbite. Oh, no, no, no. He is going to be racing down that hill to save the clubhouse from the evil mayor. For sure. Also, I appreciate the parachute uh, on the vintage figure that was just, you know, like the separate piece. Yeah. On mm-hmm. this, they made it like part of the web gear. And I, on the vintage figure, I never, and even my modern ones, I never display them w- because it just always looks so bulky yeah. on them. But the way they did it here, uh, it it doesn't. It, yeah, it's it's definitely more it streamlined. Blends, yeah. But he comes with a ton of accessories. Um, we've got his missile launcher, which instead of just being like, you know, the vintage one, it was the the ground uh missile launcher. More like launcher. a mortar. Yeah, and, and this is a nice handheld. Uh he's got a few pistols, his knife, um, is that I forgot to double check? Is that the same backpack that comes with Bazooka? It's it's the Bazooka and the backpack that come with Bazooka. Yeah. Um, which I'm I, I've seen some uh some minor discontent expressed over that. I'm fine with it. Yeah. That well, doesn't bother I, me. I did really like this the original Snow Serpent, the the mortar type deal. Mm-hmm. Uh this almost as because yes it's expensive but this is a troop builder because it comes with a lot of pieces where you can have variety between multiple versions you can have one with the wolf head one without one with the bazooka one with the pistol one with the rifle like you you can have so many different looks with this that i'm i'm kind of okay with them doing the loadout a little bit differently from the original Mm -hmm. uh and with the modern era figures if i remember correctly um with the snow serpent they released a few different variations you know because on the vintage and on the first one the right the shoulder fur was gray and then i know they did some that were brown um and to me that's sort of what the wolf fur also when you talk about it being a troop builder kind of it brings out um because i'm totally the wolf head is going to be my snow serpent commander yeah i'm looking at mine right now three of mine have the gray fur on the shoulders and the wrists or the forearms and then i've got one that has the brown fur and rather than a black mask it's got a blue mask and i have no idea which one was what or what what they were the gray ones were the first release I got oh was the brown one in that Arctic Cobra troop set or I whatever? Say, I got my brown one on the secondary market. So I 
I don't know. Because I got that, uh, you know, they had the extreme condition sets, the desert mm-hmm. and the, the polar. I think maybe that one came in that polar extreme condition set with the, was it scrap? Yeah, scrap iron, a televiper, um, a regular viper, but but in like Arctic colors. So that's one, two, three, four, and then maybe another viper or something. I don't remember how many figures were in the set, but I, yeah, I think that's what that brown one came from. Uh, Noel, what do you think of this guy? So I think the actual figure itself looks fantastic. Um, when I realized it was a deluxe, I was like, well, that's going to impede the number that I'm going to buy as a troop builder. Uh, I honestly am a little disappointed in the accessories. Um, I I don't have any use for the wolf pelt stuff. Um, it's just, to me, that doesn't feel like the snow serpent. Uh, I'm not a fan of the backpack. Um, nothing wrong with that backpack per se, but I love the original figure's backpack because yeah. it blends in with the figure and it looks like a a big like a big sack that you can carry a bunch of things in and this is like a, a it's got like a fanny pack strapped across a a, a missile rack. <laughs> um I, like i the 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 big missile i love uh, on the original one that's not really a deal breaker i do i do also kind of wish that if you're throwing this many accessories in for a um, deluxe you throw in some like of the classic snowshoes and not just the modern ones um because you're giving you, you know you're you're paying 10 extra bucks for this figure i want to feel like i'm getting 10 extra bucks worth of accessories and i don't feel like a, a wolf pelt and um a snowboard or, or 10 extra bucks um i did buy uh, i i pre-ordered two from big bad and two from amazon just to see just to play the who gets it first yeah, game yeah. um but i i'm gonna probably limit myself to two i um I do see this as $10 worth of additional stuff because if you compare this to Bazooka, Bazooka came with the backpack, the Bazooka, and the rockets, and you're done. Mm -hmm. So the extra stuff in comparison to Bazooka is the two pistols, the magazine, the knife, the the larger pistol, the goggles, the rifle, um, the web gear, the pelts, the snowshoes and the snowboard that's your ten dollars worth of stuff if you're comparing this to another figure with comparable accessories so it's not just the wolf pelt and the snowboard like it's yeah. all of that stuff I, I realize there's more stuff but i mean i i'm only going to put so much on right, you know, right. so much load out on so and, I and am look with I, you on the snowshoes i do wish they had gone with the tennis racket style yeah and and i don't disagree with anybody who thinks a more standard backpack or the mortar or whatever would be better but as is it doesn't bother me i would prefer that stuff but this doesn't bother me well none of the accessories resemble any of the old accessories like the sniper rifle are the are the uh, like the AK forty seven? Yeah, it was an AK in the original. Yeah, that he yeah. had before. I mean, just anything that felt nostalgic because the figure itself is great. Well, um, the figure's not the same color though. No, it's well, we don't know for sure what color it's going to be. Well, until we this see it this hand. one looks like it's frosty white, and that yeah, original looks, one was like an off white, which I really yeah. liked. 
but consider this, if I am correct, and I'm pretty sure I am, and that retro line is going to continue, all they got to do is tool up some new accessories and recolor this guy, and they have got a blockbuster release. Yeah, uh, you brighten up that blue a little bit, you darken that gray, you put the, the you know, get the white, the, the stark white fur around his neck to look like the original figure. Give him Slaughter's, give him old accessories. Give him Slaughter's AK. Yeah. And Slaughter came with the AK-47. Uh, and yeah, tool, just tool up some new snowshoes in the mortar. Well, you'd need a backpack, but... You could probably use one of the existing yes, backpacks with minor tooling differences. I, I would imagine you're probably right. So we just talked a lot about the snow serpent. We got two more we got to cover. Um, Noel, who do you want to hit next? Uh, we will hit... I guess we'll do... Uh, we've talked about Grunt. So. Yeah, we did, because we got the render of Grunt. Well, we got the render of Low Light, too, so we, we can talk about either one a little bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll talk about Low Light, because Low, okay. uh, Low Light's one that... Uh, it's definitely the one that I was, of these, most excited about. Oh, I had a picture up. Where'd he go? Low Light Classified. There he is. Um, so, uh, I, I think Low Light's great. Um, I... Really, I mean, they they did not stray far uh, from the original on this one. Uh, they just gave him more stuff. <laughs> could that backpack be that? Yeah, yeah. You a snow just, serpent backpack. Yeah, I mean, maybe some minor tooling changes, um, but he, I mean, even even if not, you just just make it blue. Yeah, just make mm -hmm. it uh, blue Wait, or, or gray. It oh, it was gray. Is gray okay? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, uh, obviously the the big case for his rifle is a great accessory. Um, him being able to hold that, um, you know, if you don't want to pose him with his uh, with his his sniper rifle. Um, but no, I love it. They got, I mean, the 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 colors are perfect. Um, the head sculpt is great. Uh, I like the removable goggles. Yeah, they they home run on this one, as far as I'm concerned. And he's got a a wind direction detector. Mm -hmm that goes into that thigh pouch and look at that. I mean, that portrait, he's, his eyes are like puffy and kind of red. Mm -hmm. uh, Lenny apparently pointed out that that was intentional, that they want him to look like he's like missing sleep. Right. Cause he has nightmares. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, did this they, one, I can't remember. Did they mention like, did they put a, a, a neck articulation on him so we can lay him down to, snipe i'm sure we won't the regular i'm sure we won't find that out till we get him he get better him. he better have a disc in the top of that neck. yeah yeah um, i just wonder about how restricted that collar is going to be it looks pretty big and open mm -hmm. uh but it is part of the chest so whatever, whatever well when you the... look at the picture of his back there's enough space yeah. from the bottom of his hair to the top of that collar to get him some tilt. Uh, so, and and uh, people, uh, some folks online have talked about the ab crunch, which yeah. I, I'm on record as saying I wish all figure companies would just do away with the ab crunch. I hate it. But I think when we have this in hand, that's not going to be as apparent. Well, it's the buckle is the one thing that throws that off. If they mm. that that buckle could have been tooled two millimeters oh. to the left or right, because if you do have him crunched in, now you have a buckle that's not connected. Oh, that's a good point. I didn't even notice that. 
yeah, why not just move both of those buckles just over just a little bit, just so they're barely overlapping the seam of the mm-hmm. closure. And I think it would be fine. Oh, well, still looks fantastic. Still stoked about this guy. Yeah. Uh, all right, Christian, you want to tell us about grunt? No, you should tell us about him because I talked about snow serpent like crazy. <laughs> okay. I'll talk about grunt. Uh, I love this figure so much. Uh, I was correct. If you remember, I speculated that it looked like that was a hinge on his chest mm-hmm. uh, piece there. And it is a little fold down display unit that even has a little tampo in there. Uh, the, uh, however, it looks like his name is not a removable piece, which is just a bizarre decision. The portrait to me. And I, I think I've sent you guys a note about this, but I, maybe not. To me, this portrait looks kind of like the original G.I. Joe figure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I think there's definitely a resemblance there. Yeah, once I think once you put the... Because the hairline is very different. Uh, but once you put the yeah. helmet on him, I can see that a lot more. Uh, I really like the green steel brigade helmet i i like this as a troop builder a lot uh he comes with the sunbow rifle he comes with an m16 he's like this is i think we had even speculated at one point that when they did grunt it would be very easy for them to make him a troop builder mm-hmm. and they have succeeded at that far beyond what i the coolness of of what i expected i can't wait to get my hands on this guy just looks awesome and he's got the Joe Pro, mm-hmm. <laughs> which not everybody has, and is a little confusing to me. Who warrants a Joe Pro? Uh, all right, so yeah, I I did my pre-order roulette with all of these. I ordered from Pulse, from Big Bad, and from Amazon. But I think Low Light is the only one that I'm gonna cancel. Like. Whoever gets me low light first, I'll keep that one and cancel the other two. But three grunts, three snow serpents, I'm pretty good with that, I think. Because I like the idea of having one snow serpent with the wolf gear and then the two, one with the bazooka, one with the rifle. And then the grunts, honestly, I kind of want four, but... I'm wondering if they were planning on putting out a larger production run on grunt than low light because of the troop builder aspect because uh, i was working when they went up and i didn't get to to go on and and buy them for a couple hours and grunt was the only one still left on pulse at the time oh wow (laughs) yeah so i had to get low light um elsewhere as well well and now that they're doing you know full figure cases who knows how they're producing some of these yeah and I wonder well, also if they were doing it sort of like in waves because I I was the same because I was at work. So it was, I think, an hour, maybe an hour and a half after they went up. And I had already seen people posting that Snow Serpent had sold out. But when I went on Pulse, it was there. Yeah, it showed back but up I think, on didn't Pulse. They, lim- they limited theirs to one per... Oh, did they? Because I know they did it oh, with maybe, the eels. Yeah, they did that with the eels. Sorry, I'm getting turned around. I think the snow serpents were too, though. Well, they're not a. They weren't a. Um, I mean, they, they were weren't all exclusive. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. 
Yeah, because the eels were were an exclusive, which is why they right, limited right, them to one. Right. But the snow serpent, like all these, are regular release. They mentioned that in the video. Um, but but yeah, I mean, uh, the snow serpents were gone pretty quick, which is you know to be expected for a troop builder, even at a premium price. Well, all three awesome releases. Can't wait to see what they put up next Wednesday. But for the listeners, this past Wednesday, that we're going to talk about this coming Monday. I'm so confused. And we're back with Rank and File Card. This is the segment where we take a look at the classic 1982 to 1984 file cards of G.I. Joe, a real American hero, including some input from an actual for real retired lieutenant colonel. Uh, we started at the beginning in 1982, and we are continuing on. This time, we're taking a look at Stalker. And I believe, I think it's my turn to run mm-hmm. this thing down. All right. All right. Let me wet my whistle. We'll get going. File name, Wilkinson Lonzo R. Serial number, RA 725054399 grade E5, birthplace, Detroit, Michigan. Primary specialty, infantry. Secondary specialty, medic and interpreter. Very interesting. Uh, That's the first Mm -hmm. thing that jumped out looking at this, because uh, as we've talked about before, I really haven't looked at a lot of these, you know, possibly since the 25th anniversary stuff came out. I'm sure I gave them a read, you know, gave them a once over back then. Uh, but some of them, maybe not since 82. I, I don't know for sure. Uh, so seeing stalker, medic, and interpreter. Interpreter makes a lot of sense because mm-hmm. when you go back to the Larry Hama comics, uh, stalker was always the guy that was comfortable in the foreign lands. Like he was, all right, this is how we dress. This is how we act. This is what we do. Uh, that totally makes sense. And then medic, I mean, stalker is your... I mean, he was the field commander initially. Mm-hmm. He was the guy. So uh, what a secondary specialty for him to have. Totally makes sense. Yeah. And, you know, just it, this makes him feel important. And I think that's one of the reasons mm-hmm. why he had su- he carried so much weight when I played with him. Because, um, you know, I, I didn't know anything about, like, his rank or his, you know, his status as a field commander when I first got these toys. But I... I knew he had the beret, which we all know is a symbol of, uh, you know, leadership in, in my world as a kid. But the fact that he ha- he was a medic and an interpreter, and we'll get to some of the other stuff they talk about with that and the rest of the file card later. Um, you know, that made me feel like he was special and he was he was a leader and he was probably the leader for me initially. And speaking of berets, I cannot tell you guys how disappointed I am to discover what goes into a beret. Uh, I should have warned you. Because I've I've had to I've had to form a few in my days of costume. How I mean, how much of a pain is this going to be? Um, I mean, it's not the that shaving bad. is what I'm concerned about. The shaving, uh, if you you can use an electric shaver, it's not that bad to do it that way. But I mean, uh, does it ruin the electric shaver? No. Nah, okay. Nah. No, I've All used right. one before. Uh, the 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 ro- the the rotating kind. I use. Oh, see, I don't have that. I've got the other the foils. 
Yeah, I wouldn't use the foils. I'd use the rotating kind. Ah. The ones that, because the foils ones, you could probably do some damage to it. Maybe um, it's but... time to to buy Riley a razor. Maybe this is the excuse <laughs> uh, that I've been looking for. But the the fun part is soaking that thing in hot water and wearing it wearing it on your head for several hours at a time while water's dripping down your head around the house. Well, that's what blew my mind. Is I put it on. <laughs> And by the way, listeners, I'm not revealing what costume I'm working on, but you will find out at Dragon Con. Uh, I put it on and it's like too big on me, which is shocking because nothing is too big for this noggin. Uh, All right. So anyway, Stalker's got a beret. We love that. Uh, Stalker was warlord of a large urban street gang prior to enlistment. Fluent in Spanish, Arabic, French, and Swahili. Graduated top of class, basic combat training, advanced infantry training, top of class, special training, U.S. Army language school, intelligence school, qualified expert, M14, M16, M1911A1 auto pistol, M3A1 grease gun, M32 pulverizer submachine gun. So let's break some of that down a little bit. Christian, out of all of that, what jumps out at you? The M3A1 grease gun. So normally, I would have done a little research on that. So I would have some facts ready to go about what the heck an M3A1. I feel like one of our other previous Joes had that, and I did look it up. Oh, Um, it's his gun. Yeah, mm-hmm. air cool blowback operated weapon that fires from an open bolt, and it's I guess it's because it literally looks like a grease gun. Yeah, it uh, represented a triumph in low cost mass production and was in service with the U.S. military for over fifty years. So Stalker and Duke both, okay, uh, is Duke right? Duke, yeah, Duke also has the pulverizer. Okay, that's what I yeah. thought. But the, 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 the and the grease gun is um, I've got a uh, a grease gun that I use for my Dusty V two costume as well because he has one that's very similar mm. to the classic grease gun. Okay, so wait, the grease gun. The grease is gun is a not... different gun than the pulverizer. Oh wait, yeah. who has the grease gun then? Um. Well, it said in this, uh, the original Joes, there wasn't anybody who came with a, a grease gun that I'm aware of. Because it looks he, so yeah. familiar. Oh, okay. So, the, yeah, the pulverizer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that is Stalker's gun. But the somebody came with something like that. Yeah. So, uh, Dusty did. Uh, and Firefly's gun is probably molded a little bit after the, the grease gun. Okay. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. All right, all right. Uh, okay, moving along to the Hawk Facts. <laughs> Functions well under high-stress situations. Intelligent, perceptive, moves like some sort of jungle cat. Silent, fast, strong. Uh, and this one, I got to say, I think it's pretty clear Larry Hama had kind of a soft spot for this character. Mm-hmm. Because he was one of the main characters of the early years of the comic. Mm-hmm. Mo- well, most of, of the early portion of the comic. Yeah. Uh, 
And this file card certainly has imparted more per, uh, personality and background to Stalker than it has some of the other ones that we've covered. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but as a kid, up compared to the other ones that we have looked at, I ignored, I think, everything on this file card because with everything that's on there, I didn't understand the street gang. So um, kid me, uh, Stalker came from like a family tree of army folks. So with all the previous ones where I my play very much centered on or the personality centered on the file card or or at least like chunks of the file card for Stalker, it all went out the window. Interesting, because for mm. me, the uh, I definitely based my play with Stalker on the comic. Yeah, uh, big time for for whatever reason, the fit. Well, the figure resonated with me because of the camouflage. We've mm-hmm. talked about that before. That was huge. But also just the character. I mean, Stalker's one of my favorite Joes, and and uh, clearly one of Larry Hama's as well. Yeah, the camo, especially when you think in 1982, he's the only character that had yeah. any camo on him. Yeah. He also had a unique head sculpt. Uh, there were only, uh, what, three Joes that had unique head sculpts, and the other ones were Snake Eyes and Scarlet. Um, so, yeah, he definitely stood out among the others. Uh, All right, well, here is our report from retired Lieutenant Colonel Tom West, codename Mongoose. Uh, It's interesting to note that in his notes, he didn't use Stalker. He didn't use the codename. He used Ranger. He just says Ranger. If he was in a street gang, and street gang is in quotes, he must have never been convicted of a crime. If he had been, he wouldn't have been allowed to enlist. He has a lot of qualifications, but the card doesn't state how long he's been enlisted. Grade of E5 may be appropriate for his time in service. The card makes no mention of combat service or special missions accomplished. One would think he would have this experience. It says he functions well under high-stress situations. How do they know? So without listing his his combat history, how do they know he functions uh, under high stress situations? But I think that can easily be answered as in they cannot disclose that information. It's all top secret. Yep. Mm -hmm. And and Hawk knows because Hawk knows. (laughs) All right. Any further thoughts about stalkers? Oh, we got to talk really quickly about the art. Now, I am, you know, sometimes you get a refresh and take a little look at the figures because your memory uh, may be betraying you a bit. That's what I thought. So on the art, he his beret is camouflage, but on the figure, it's just dark green. Yeah. Uh, but cool, cool art. I dig it. Looks good. Uh, I like the epaulets uh, over the top of the web gear. The camo looks great. And I like his, uh, you know, just a little bit of afro poking out of the side of that beret. <laughs> Got a lot of character. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
Razor Core stolen from G.I. Joe, Destro activates the Weather Dominator, which controls the forces of nature itself. Cobra Commander targets Washington, D.C. for destruction, but the Joe team repels the lightning attack with energy mirrors, and the Weather Dominator explodes into three parts. G.I. Joe must recover the parts before Cobra, or all is lost. Flint and Mutt set sail with shipwreck, but Mutt is thrown overboard by a suffocating sandstorm. As we begin our third episode of G.I. Joe, The Revenge of Cobra. We are marching on with our reviews of The Revenge of Cobra. Now, we did skip over the first chapter, and I guess we're not going to go back to it because we got to keep moving. We reviewed part two uh, a couple weeks ago. And now we are going to review part three, the palace of doom. That's just, or, that's just how we roll. It is. Yeah, we, we look <laughs> ahead, never look back. That's well, no, literally all we do is look back. I but, know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not true. Cause we, no. we talk about current GI Joe. We talk about the future of the line, but we do, we do Speculate. a lot of looking back. Uh, original air date, September 12th, 1984. Uh, directed by Dan Thompson and written by Ron Friedman, the team that uh, wrote and directed this whole miniseries. Uh, what was interesting for me, because if if it's easy, I'll sit down and I'll watch it on Tubi. This one's not on Tubi. It's on YouTube, though. It's also yeah, on not in the season DVD sets, because this is the second miniseries, mm -hmm. which is in a separate DVD set. Uh, mm -hmm. that I do have, and I'm not, ex I'm not actually sure where it is right now. Uh, so I ended up opening up the foot locker and I got to say the DVD, the picture and the audio are much better than what they are on Tubi. Like it was noticeably nicer. Uh, yeah, I've got because Hasbro uploads all these to their own official yeah. um, channel. Yeah. Uh, that's that's the way I watch them now. And I'm and sure it's the quality also on, on there their is Facebook. Oh, yep. weird. Okay, and, and I'm sure the quality on YouTube is as good as the DVDs, if not better. <laughs> Although yep. streaming uh, streaming is never going to be quite as good as physical media. That's just my little <laughs> battle. Uh, okay, so when last we left our heroes, Mutt had been sucked over the side of Shipwreck's bizarre desert sailboat, uh, and Flint was attempting to rescue him. And you guys, did you notice this? In this cartoon, Shipwreck's grappling hook is like the classified series grappling hook. Where it's like hinged? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's not the... Whatever the weird boat thing anchors, the, yeah, the figure came with. It's actually yeah. like the classified one. So I wonder if the classified took the inspiration from this because they've certainly have taken plenty from Sunbow without mm -hmm. doing direct Sunbow tributes. Uh, so shipwreck wraps his uh, hooks his grappling hook uh, to the mast. Flint it's goes out. Which I gotta hook. point out, the mast that already broke once. <laughs> <laughs> that, that part actually did bother me because i was like oh, you're very trusting shipwreck be smarter it's fine it's fine uh and then flint takes his little shovel makes his way out to mutt and of course rescues mutt whose biggest complaint is that he has sand in his boot 
which I mean, for for such a big cliffhanger from the previous episode, they sure do wrap that up real <laughs> nice and easy. <laughs> well, I mean, that's often the case, though. It's and it's and it's fine. I was a little kid; I didn't need too much trauma. And I also want to point out, as I because it continues from from my feelings from the last episode, junkyard is nowhere. <laughs> in this scene to help save mutt or give mutt any like junkyard he might as well be a cat (laughs) (laughs) yeah he's he's useless in this series which is like not the way i remember him i always remember like the animal companions being you know so integral Mm -hmm. yeah you're right And, and even later on uh you know he gets brainwashed by cobra and and is trying to murder mutt junkyard may not be the canine hero that we all thought he was (laughs) um so very exciting opening we get something resolved and then we move directly to the the hangar of the cobra temple what's in there fellas the best vehicle they've never produced oh man i love that thing the the giant aircraft with an actual cobra head on the front that opens up and they're just loading Cobra vehicles into the mouth of this thing. There's, there are so many missing in action uh, vehicles and, and things in this yes. episode. Mm-hmm. And we <laughs> will get to some of them. <laughs> some are better than others. Uh, so they're loading up the Cobra aircraft because Cobra has discovered uh, where the three pieces of the weather dominator have landed across the globe. The Let's Ion... find the name, the most uh, most ominous names on the right? planet. <laughs> well, of course, of course, no, nothing landed in like Hope, Wichita, or Wichita, <laughs> Kansas, or whatever. Uh, the Ion Correlator is on the Island of No Return, because of course it is. Uh, so our action moves to the actual Island of No Return, which is a big ringed island in the Pacific. Uh, with, of course, a, an active volcano. No, it's not a volcano. What's what's going on in this one? It's a uh, no. It's just got. Yeah, the volcano is from the mass device. This one, yeah, is just a ringed island. But yeah. it has. Oh, it had the deadly the the well they coral call it a... that is hardest steel. Well, they've got the deadly coral, and they also have this poorly defined weather effect that baroness calls a whirlpool yeah <laughs> well she she says verpal Vur- i had to verpal. rewind it three times like is she saying verbal is she saying vorpal <laughs> but it's it's a like a tornado in the water um that somehow well we'll get to that so approaching the island but i i want to jump back oh please do super super quick so when cobra commander is assigning who is going where yes to get these pieces something that did stick out to me is that he says baroness and zartan but zartan plays almost no role during this whole scene well during this one correct right. he correct. definitely plays a role later yes right which but really was... establishes the character of Zartan, I think, pretty well, too. Yeah, so absolutely. Everybody else got, you know, Major Blood gets sent out on his own. But 
is he sending Zartan with the Baroness because he doesn't trust her? Or does he not trust Zartan? I think it's just how the story went. (laughs) I don't know that the writer necessarily considered the motivation. I'm overthinking. He just knew he wanted Zartan playing in the middle. And that the submarine they had available was, did you guys notice this? In Dreadnought colors? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, the submarine that Zartan, and I think it's just the way that it was animated. I don't think it was at all intentional to resemble uh, kind of the traditional turquoise and blue or whatever, the Dreadnoughts. But in the image, it's those colors. It was really wild to notice that. Uh, So speaking of vehicles, the (laughs) Joes have the whale. Yes. Shark. And these little boats assaulting the island now there's another vehicle that we don't see till later we'll get to that the cobras have this spectacular uh almost like roman looking boat transport (laughs) boat with a giant cobra head on it well of course uh with baroness at the helm and just loaded with guns i want super seven there's so many things I want Super 7 to make. I want Super 7 to make this Cobra boat. I want it to float, and I want to just load it up with those Cobra troops we got for five bucks a piece yes. from Books a Million and Joe Fest. <laughs> uh, I will point out, too, as uh, the Joes are approaching in the whale, um, well, two things. Uh, first of all, uh, uh, this is a line that I remember very, va- very vividly uh, from watching as a kid is uh, uh, Wild Bill asks Torpedo uh, what the situation is. And he goes, really bad, man, really bad, which pretty <laughs> much informed the way that Torpedo talked in my play. But yes, also, yes. Wild Bill doesn't call him Torpedo. He calls him Pedo. Pedo. That's a right? that's a lot. It sounds a lot different now than it did back in 1984. <laughs> because, <laughs> I, like, I had to rewind that and put the subtitles on because I was like, did did I hear yeah, yeah. what I think I hear? And yep. Well, they did it in the first miniseries also. Yeah. When he shows up. And they, you know, it's just one of those things that at the time. It, it wasn't what it is now. It was like Mike's best friend on Growing Pains. We didn't think that much right. of it at the time. <laughs> they, yes, exactly. And, and listeners, if you don't know what we're talking about, just Google Growing Pains or Mike Seaver. Well, and th- then you're going to get in a bunch of like weird Christian movies now, so don't do that. Well, that's just, that's true. That's look true. up Mike Seaver's friend, Left played behind. by played by the son of uh, of uh, Walter, Walter Koenig. Koenig. Yeah, that's uh, a, that was an aside. So when the Cobra and Joe forces come into conflict, I love the fact that they actually show the depth charges mm-hmm. being launched out of the whale. While um, pacifist, avowed pacifist Doc is sitting there mounting a cannon. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> you know. So let's see. They showcase the whale. Oh, yeah. Very yes. well. Yes. They they, wanted... I, I own a whale and they made me want to go out and buy another one. <laughs> <laughs> so we get that bit of action 
on the island of no return. And then we go to the Joes who state that the Hydromaster portion of the Weather Dominator is in the titular Palace of Doom. <laughs> and then Cobra Commander says that the Laser Corps is in, like, they don't specify. They just show some, like, Arctic business. Uh, they don't get they they don't explain that one because they know that's coming in the next episode. Uh, Flint and Mutt and Junkyard return to the Joe base. Uh, the Joes on site, including Lady J, think that they're being invaded. Which the the manner in which people just walk into GI Joe headquarters is hilarious. <laughs> always, <laughs> no cameras apparently. Like nothing. And no no checkpoint to no. get in. No. no. Like Flint doesn't know, Flint doesn't have a key. Well, actually, they're because they're in their Cobra outfits, so he doesn't have. His yeah, key I mean, it's anymore. it's a little crazy that they can just walk right into the the center of GI Joe headquarters, but especially considering one of them is not even a member of GI Joe. Yeah, yet right yet we'll get into his his uh, his indoctrination <laughs> the 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 ceremony. And everything that he has to go through to become a Joe in just a minute. Uh, but I did think the Joes reuniting was nice. I love when they have little character moments, little interpersonal moments in the cartoon. That's one of the things that I think made this show so special is it wasn't just these archetypes in battle all the time. They had these fun little character moments or like Wild Bill and Torpedo uh, going back and forth and, and just... The humanity of this cartoon is one of the great things about it. It's it's not as cynical as it is that, yes, they're 22-minute toy commercials. The show itself and the nature of the show is not cynical at all. It's even, very pure and innocent. Even if the script didn't lay it on thick, because I don't think it does, the voice acting in this scene lets you know how much they care for each other yes lady j's octave goes up like well that little interplay between her and flint yeah is just it's 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 very cute (laughs) and then shipwreck (laughs) of course that's to horn in uh speaking of shipwreck now we need to discuss uh the stringent protocol that goes into somebody being recruited into the G.I. Joe team. <laughs> uh, so as they're departing uh, for the mission to the Palace of Doom, Flint and Lady J are in a Sky Striker because it's plenty of room in there. Shipwreck hops up and says, mind if I join up? And that's literally how he joins G.I. Joe. <laughs> but I also made the note, God bless animation models. Because, like, Flint has his helmet on, right? Lady J, at this moment, it's just her hair. Shipwreck jumps in with his sailor's cap and then puts his flight helmet over that sailor's (laughs) cap because they don't know any other way to draw him. And I live (laughs) for stuff like that. (laughs) The other thing, too, in, in our last live stream you shared uh, the European missions comic and we, and we talked about how we'd never seen Flint smile so big, but that's not true because when shipwreck is hitting on his girlfriend, he is thrilled for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
he's yeah he's definitely much happier than you well i I think it's he's just putting on a happy face he's he's hurting on the inside (laughs) Mm -hmm. um i've got a note here this is the best cartoon music ever the gi joe the score to the sunbow gi joe cartoon fills me with joy no matter the circumstance i love it and i understand a huge portion of that is nostalgia but also i think it's legit just awesome great music well and it did something that a lot of them a lot of cartoons weren't doing at the time because there's there was a lot more music in this show than there was in a lot of others yes Mm -hmm. a lot of them had like three themes yeah and like a lot a lot more different themes but also played over more scenes there's very few scenes in gi joe where there's not some musical background yeah yeah and it, and it's always dynamic it's always mm-hmm. appropriate to the scene because there are so many different pieces of music uh there's always something to pick that works so our next scene i was so confused you guys <laughs> because i just wasn't thinking about this all of a sudden we've got roadblock in the middle of nowhere running away from like cougars or something I had no idea what was going on. I had completely right. I know I had completely forgotten mm -hmm. that they just left him behind though. I was like, what is roadblock doing by himself? He fought off all the vines of death by himself. And then I remembered, Oh, they just left him. Uh, so he, his roadblocks method of dealing with these cougars is to climb a tree hanging off of a cliff and just hang there. Until a, an 18-wheeler passes underneath. And Not any 18-wheeler. Not just any old 18-wheeler. <laughs> that very much was Optimus Prime. It was Cobramus Prime. Yes. Cobramus. And boy, the, are Cobra, Cobra convoys just hanging out everywhere in this world? Well, he's still, I mean, he's been on foot. He's probably still pretty close to the Cobra town that they were in, mm. or they were near. Mm. Um. So that, that I can buy. Now, I'm not saying that was in the writer's mind. I'm just saying I can buy it. (laughs) Uh, So he hops into this truck. He finds somebody tied up in the back of the truck. And he says, anybody that's a prisoner of Cobra is a friend of mine. Well, wait, wait, no. The line is anybody all tied up in a Cobra truck is my kind of man. (laughs) Yes, yes, that's right. Because, of course, one of the key... One of the key elements of every 80s cartoon and every 80s comic book and happened even in the very first episode ever of G.I. Joe was, what? You're a woman? (laughs) Because the opening scene of G.I. Joe was Duke being shocked that it was Scarlet in the Sky Striker. They went back to that well so many times. Mm and, and and unfortunately, in 2023, we still see that sort of thing from time to time. Uh, but we meet Honda Lou West, no relation. <laughs> and I don't care if Hasbro does it in Classified or the Retroverse or Super 7 does it. We need a Honda Lou West figure, like, immediately. How there hasn't been a Super 7 figure yet is kind of bizarre. Uh, it really is. How she didn't become a member of the team. Right. Think about it. Last right. episode, Shipwreck offered transportation, and now he's a member of the team. Yeah, but she I, should I, have just been part of it. I loved her line or her response back 
to Roblox when he was like, you're a girl. And what is it she said? She was like, you figured that out so fast. You must be a rocket scientist. <laughs> <laughs> and then he says in the back, uh, talk, talks about her being in the back of a Cobra truck. She says, Cobra truck, my hush puppies. My hush puppies. <laughs> um, oh, and by the way, uh, you know, 15 years ago, if we had had a daughter, her initials would be HLW. <laughs> Just telling you that right now. And once again, when Roadblock identifies himself as part of the G.I. Joe team, once again, everybody in the Sunbowverse just knows about G.I. Joe, the covert yeah. operations team. Well, it uh, takes her a second because it doesn't register at first. She's like, I don't care if you're with the Tooth Fairy. Ah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They just wanted to get that weird Tooth Fairy reference in. (laughs) Because they knew that one day the same man would portray the Tooth Fairy and Roadblock. That's true. (laughs) It didn't even cross my mind. Boy. (laughs) And that, my friends, is Kismet. Uh, So we go back to the Island of No Return. Or is that that's right? Right? Yeah, the The Island Island of of No Return. And uh, Cutter very very boston he's from kansas city yeah but he sure sounds like he's from bahaba uh and i laughed at this so hard so before we talked about um you know the whale cutters meeting the whale with doc and some other joes torpedoes and the shark and then the sad old 1982 joes are in that crummy little boat did you mm-hmm. notice that? <laughs> yeah. It's rock and roll, clutch, and a green shirt. It's or in Steeler. that lousy boat. Oh, uh, no, Steeler's in a different boat. Okay. He's not He's not with clutch and rock and roll because they're the ones that get grounded when they run up on the reef mm. um, after, it's not Baroness, the, what, the Rattler. Oh, they get shot at by a Rattler, grounded on the reef, and then they shoot down like four Rattlers. <laughs> with just like with laser guns. Gun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um so there's something to be said for those sad old 1982 joes uh oh well technically though i guess it's 1983 rock and roll because he's in his tan he's in his tan yeah clutch is in his tan gear uh and then we get my second favorite shot of the entire episode a couple of green shirts cruising into the island on some mantas Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I did not expect. I didn't. I had no memory whatsoever. Did you guys even remember the mantas being in the cartoon? Mm-mm. <sighs> but as soon as I saw yeah. them, I was like, "Oh, they are fitting everything in here." Yeah, they were selling as many toys as they could in this scene. I mean, that's because, definitely like, what they did. I- I'm assuming they just had them on, you know, the ship because they sure didn't travel. I mean, the they, ocean on it. In theory, they could deploy out of the whale. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I just loved it. I just casual. Can you imagine? Okay, imagine your support because in my in my head, how do you guys view green shirts? Uh, well, I've I've said before, I'm not a fan of green shirts. Just the concept behind them. Well, I don't look. I don't consider them actual members of GI Joe. I feel that yeah, their support from Mm -hmm. whatever branch of the military Joe pulls them from. So they're not actually GI Joes, but I mean, you gotta, you can't just have 
whatever it is, 130 members of GI Joe or whatever, you got to have those support troops. So I'm all for green shirts, but they're not Joe's proper. Mm-hmm. So imagine you're a green shirt. You're, you're an army. You're, you're a private in the army, whatever you're going in. You've been pulled from your duty. Look, you're going in with this very specialized team for this assault action. And you've got these giant armored hovercrafts. You've got these futuristic submersible instruments of war. And they're like, all right, fella, hop on this. This windsurfing. <laughs> that's because you're not you're not part of Joe Proper. So they're not gonna let you drive the really cool stuff. Hop on this sail. What is is with windsurf is is it's, wind? a, it's a sailboard. Sail it's sailboard. It, Hop on this thing and cruise into the island of no return. Well, I I don't know if that's a good idea. No, no, no it's fine. There's a gun on it. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> don't worry. No professional wrestlers ever had their face shattered while riding one of these things. Oh my oh. gosh. Oh, too soon. So- sorry, Brutus Beefcake. Yeah. His career was never the same. Uh Okay, so anyway, we, we've got Mantis cruising in. Everything's going on. It's great. Firefly, this was amusing to me. So we have uh, our three Joes, Rock and Roll, Clutch, and Green Shirt, uh, and a firefight with some Cobras. And Firefly just jumps over, runs into the middle of the crossfire, <laughs> and drops a bomb, which I do appreciate that Firefly was actually blowing things up and not just, like, shooting. Blows a hole in the reef. And the whirlpool escapes <laughs> because that's how reefs and whirlpools and ocean tornadoes work mm-hmm. somehow. Now I'm not a naturologist, but I'm just not sure I buy the physics of Did, this. Didn't you ever see the day after tomorrow when the building is I getting didn't. encased in ice and, <laughs> and the characters are running and they get to the library and they shut the door and the weather stops. Yeah. Because they shut the door. You can't come in. So the torna- <laughs> the, the whirlpool could not come out until there was an entranceway from the reef. Okay. I'll accept that. That's fair. I'm aware of that movie, but I have I have never I've it's never terrible. Seen it. Oh, sure. it's wonderfully terrible. <laughs> I will take your word on that. Uh Dennis so- Quaid outruns the weather. And wolves. Oh, Dennis Quaid is in it? Yes. Yeah. Oh, General Hawk is <laughs> General in it? General Hawk is in it, yes. I'm in. <laughs> it's a weather dominator movie, obviously. Uh, okay, so the Whirlpool escapes, and then we go back to the Palace of Doom in the middle of the jungle, and we have Major Blood. And let me ask you guys, what the heck accent is Major Blood supposed to have in this cartoon? Is he Tasmanian? I, I'm not for sure because I felt like it changed. He's like Jersma Dutch. <laughs> I don't know what that was supposed to be. Um, I liked Rakondo leading the jungle team. Mm-hmm. I liked the one paratrooper getting stuck in the tree. <laughs> I like with... that Rakondo was there, but uh, uh, is it blowtorches with him in the brightest colors? It is bright view? yellow and red. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, but with with Rakondo, he 
there's a couple of times, like he's explaining to everybody, right? What to do, blah, 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 to keep them safe in the jungle. And then he says ready, like a couple of times. And that was just hysterical to me because I, I don't know if you guys remember, um, but Jim Varney, like Hayburn, before mm -hmm. he made any Vern movies, he made a movie called Dr. Otto and the Riddle of the Gloom Beam. Oh, wow. Where he turns into all these different characters. And there is a Rakondo type character in it. But all he says is ready. And then there's this woman who translates for him. So as soon as Rakondo said ready, I, I just fell on the floor laughing. But yeah. That is a wow. deep, deep That's cut. That's a deep, and deep That yeah. is Legion Cubs deep cut of the week. <laughs> um, okay. So, oh, my, my next note here is we have so many Sunbow versions left to go. There are so many. I think Airborne is the one that uh, led to, to me making this note here, but... Even Breaker, who's in like gray rather than green, like mm -hmm. so many unique looks that I can't wait to see from Super Seven. Uh, I would love it if Super Seven would do the gliders. Yeah, just do them in plastic. But I would love to have the the gliders, the Falcon and the Viper. Viper. Yeah, that would be great. Uh. Okay, so what was this business with Gung Ho? Yeah, what, so he's mean, ordered to stay back and he shows up anyway and he doesn't get court martialed for it. What was even the point of that? It was so weird. Because he has to be there for Lady J to choose over Flint. <laughs> <laughs> because if you remember, he's like, like, we got to get inside, whatever. He's like, Lady J, do you have a plan? And she's like, yeah, I'm putting my team together. And he's like, who you thinking? And she's like, shipwreck and grunt. Or, sorry, gung-ho. Yeah, gung-ho, like, the guy who's not supposed to be here and the other right. guy who's not supposed to be here. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that, it was just odd. Like, why? It, it, I don't know. 100. Well, they needed somebody that could do the heavy lifting. So we're, we're well, you're right. If somebody had to carry the hydromaster. Which, if anything, ever looked like a hydro master. It was definitely <laughs> not that. Uh, so we do get a lot of fun because Cobra and G.I. Joe are in, in, immersed in battle, firefight, lasers going all over the place. And it's time to call out, which, by the way, with Blowtorch controlling them, the pack rats, mm -hmm. which in this, they're like half as big as the toys. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was it was great. They make straight up just R two D two noises. Yep, R two pack yep. rat D twos. No, no shame at all. But <laughs> they, even though Blowtorch is controlling them, they are like half sentient, right? Because yeah, they, like they, they look at each other and they look at each other and like, yeah, he's. I think he's literally just deploying them, and then they get out and do their thing. And then he has he has to have a kill switch because otherwise we're going to end up with chopping mall. <laughs> uh, My so, next note is torpedo is insane. So okay, well wait we, before we get to torpedo is insane. Oh, that's right. We have to get to the uh, the rest of the right. Well, temple. well, we've got Lady J and her team are inside the temple. 
Uh, and of course, somebody steps on a booby trap. I, I love that Lady every, every cartoon writer just watched Indiana Jones movies yes. at this point and yes. had to incorporate a scene. Uh, so we, we have this big giant statue with multiple arms and the eyes glow red and we go to commercial. And when we come back, <laughs> then we get Noel. Tell <laughs> us about, I don't even understand this. So, um, yeah, Torpedo um, may be the most insane person to ever be in a submarine vehicle, even despite this past week's news events, um, because his big decision to, like, make this whirlpool just go away is just to go and just, like, drop bombs at the base of it and launch these whales 50 feet above the water. <laughs> <laughs> but it works. He, it, sh he shoots the whirlpool. And it solves the problem. <laughs> but it's, it's like, he's like, you know what? I got this crazy idea. Whatever. I'm from Hawaii. We do wacky things. And yeah, just without it, without any hesitation, it's like, ah, this is going to work. So, so our next standout Joe for being a little bit of a loony is Spirit, who I'm sure we have seen with the team prior to this, but who I don't know that I noticed. So Spirit volunteers himself and Freedom to go to the island. And Cutter's like, no way, that's impossible. And we get something that I want on a t-shirt. It, it could possibly be a future Audible interlude t-shirt release. Possibility and impossibility are states of mind. In my mind, there is only the possible. Which is just wild. Mm-hmm. Do or do not, there is no try. And then Cutter, clearly moved by Spirit's uh, verbiage, remembers, oh, wait, we've got a sea sled. There you go. Pink. Which is voice controlled. Sled. Yeah, right, right. He's got it an is... Amazon Echo yes. in there. He just says, like, launch the, launch the sled. Launches the sea sled. Spirit and Freedom hop on, or Spirit hops on, goes to the island, and we get an incredible shot of uh i think it was cutter with wonky sunbow eyes <laughs> and oh no no it's it's torpedo with wonky oh, is it torpedo? It's, see it's, i thought yeah, it was he, torpedo but i didn't he's, think he was in the he's, shark he's got he's in the shark and he's got like his his um his uh binoculars and he pulls them down and one <laughs> eye is just way it's, off to the side it's <laughs> like uh what is it top secret yes. where the guy pulls <laughs> <them>. <laughs> Uh, oh man so yeah wonky sunbow eyes happen all the time and i love them and i honestly <laughs> i wish i had from from when we started reviewing these i wish i had thought to just take pictures of each instance of wonky sunbow eyes and start an instagram <laughs> account uh okay so here we get zartan and the dreadnoughts up to no good for anybody except themselves in that dreadnought colored submarine and zartan you know dreadnoughts are like oh zartan aren't we supposed to be helping and zartan's like no only ourselves and then it kind of moves on from there but we get really it's like for an 80s cartoon and in gi joe we've talked about before it's a little more nuanced and subtle than a lot of the 80s cartoons so we get this cool like oh what's this guy up to like i really appreciated that 
it's not just Joe and Cobra. That's why I love Zartan mm. so much is he mm-hmm. was always played as that middle element. Um, so then we get back into the temple and the giant multi-armed statue. Well, I get multi-armed is not a good phrase because we're all multi-armed, aren't we? <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. It's got like six arms or something, six or four or whatever. Breathes fire and chases the Joes around. And Major Blood deploys the greatest toy of all time. Which, like, just happened to have a kaiju that just happened to match this one inside the temple, so. (laughs) Well, we're all very lucky it did, because we get right here in this glorious G.I. Joe Sunbow cartoon, the kaiju big battle of Cobra (laughs) Robot versus Palace of Doom statue and it is awesome. <laughs> uh, I, I just love watching. And and they also treated them like giant things. They weren't fighting. They weren't doing kung fu and stuff. Like they were breathing fire at each other, which, by the way, the Cobra robot breathes pink flame. And the statue breathes orange flame. They're breathing flames at each other. They're punching each other. Big, heavy, like slow moving it's just really awesome. They did a fantastic mm-hmm. job with yeah. this battle. And then they like everything about it. They did exactly right. Because not only do we have the big giants battling, but they also thought to put the Joes in front of them to really show that perspective of like, here are the little tiny Joes and these giant monstrosities battling behind them. Like it really gave you that sense of, of epic scale. Mm-hmm. It was really fantastic. And then we get spirit is on the island. He's getting ready to, he, he, well, he has found the, whatever is on the island. I got to roll back up. Uh, the the ion. ion correlator, <laughs> which is just a box, which by the way, I remembered watching this. I hadn't thought about this in years. I don't know what they were, but I had little plastic pieces that I used as these weather dominator parts when I was a kid. Because I remember having my spirit and storm shadow figures fight over some kind of little plastic box that I think might have been from Star Wars, but I'm not positive. I don't know what it would have been, but I remember having three different little plastic doodads that I used. Uh, So spirit finds the ion correlator and then he senses a presence and the spirit and storm shadow feud that would reverberate through the ages (laughs) is on. Uh, which, you know, they, and we'll get into what spoiler territory for the next uh, episode, but you know, you get storm shadow. We know that Larry Hama wanted initially, he wanted, he, he wanted the, the first Asian character introduced to be a Joe, right? Uh, he, he wasn't happy that he was a Cobra initially. So, um, he, he obviously made the character very sympathetic. He gave him a really, you know, a really deep backstory, uh, he gave him a sense of honor. It's one of the reasons why, as a side note, I don't like Resolute is because Storm Shadow is just a straight up evil, and I don't, yeah, I don't want I don't want that version of Storm Shadow. Um, but clearly, Hasbro had like some indication that that was going to be the case as well in Sunbow because they they have this like honorable battle. Yeah, and he he kind of retains that every time he faces Storm Shadow or, or faces Spirit throughout this series. 
Yeah, that, and, and I do like that they kept that through line. Uh, so, Noel, I think it was you that mentioned earlier a uh, fella named Tripwire. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, that was, no, that was Christian. That was me. Oh, that was but, Christian. But okay. We, we have I, I got to... you guys confused again. <laughs> As guys take a drink every time I say we got to jump back for a second. Okay. Because as much as you were gushing over spirit, I'm sorry. Freedom is the goat of this episode because Storm Shadow throws his ninja stars and freedom yeah. catches them yeah. in his beak, mm-hmm. karate kid style. Yeah, that was that's great. Pretty spectacular. And I've gotta say I think um, I think you mean Eagle Fang style. Eagle Fang style. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of which, real quick, you guys, there is a Cobra Kai Power Rangers crossover mm-hmm. figure line. Mm-hmm. And tomorrow the Johnny figure comes out. I am ordering that and hoping that that head can go on one of the classified figures. I don't uh. know which one, <laughs> but I got, I got to have a Johnny Lawrence GI Joe. <laughs> but yeah. So, so then we, we cut back to the, the palace of doom Tripwire comes running out, <laughs> looks at Flint and says, my sensor detects an earthquake is ha- on its way. My detection device. <laughs> detection device. Like, wait a minute. You mean your your mind detector? Your metal detector? Can sense <laughs> earthquakes that are on their way. Right. So that you can warn the team. Now, I'm suspension of disbelief, but that's that's pushing it teddy bear picnic style. <laughs> I mean, look, Joe has specialized equipment. They're like a mind detector is only doing us so much good. Doc, can you plus up this guy's business over here so he can detect more than just mines? I guess if you're going against the weather dominator, you need equipment that can sense weather. And geology. And geology. (laughs) <laughs> uh okay so uh the kaiju battle through uh, one of the walls of the temple or the palace gets blown out uh lady j gung-ho and uh shipwreck 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 uh, escape out of the side and end up on this bizarre little island of rock the kaiju are battling and the cobra robot Punches directly through the chest of the statue monster, and they both fall over the edge, but unfortunately knock down this weird circular pillar that the Joes are on. Um, but before that happens, we get Ladder Larry and his Extendo Bridge, <laughs> which you know, the bridge layer was an 85 toy and was definitely well in development earlier than the rest because Tollbooth is an eight, was one of the few 85 figures that still had the the regular rotating neck and not the ball right, neck. Right. So you'd think that it would have made its way into this episode. But that would have been disappointing because I love Ladder Larry. <laughs> um which by the way, here are those camo Joe support troops that Super 7 did. 
that mm. I didn't remember being in the show. Mm. That Ladder Larry is one of those guys, which, by the way, I'm, yes, I am trying to get over Ladder Larry as much as I can because I want <laughs> Super 7 to produce this guy with his extendo bridge. Uh, and it's a pretty cool way to get across gaps, but not as cool as Sergeant Slaughter's belt. That's true. Uh, so the Cobra robot uh, is pink fire breath, jet boots, punches straight through the chest of the statue, knocks over the pillar, our Joe's... The kaiju were falling to their doom, taking Shipwreck, Lady J, and Gung-Ho with them. And that is the conclusion of this episode. Holy cow. How are they going to survive? How will they survive? What will become of them? There was so so much in this episode. It's phenomenal. I love it. I loved every second of it. It was all fun. It was all Mm -hmm. deeply G.I. Joe. And yes, there were tons of toys to be sold, but it's it's just it's great. Yeah, this is just it's action packed from start to finish. You go back and you're like, that was 22 minutes. Yeah, right, right. It's over before you know it. And that's that's with me pausing like literally every minute to take notes. Yeah. And it still felt like it just went by in no time. Yeah, it was like crammed into it. They thought, okay, the last episode we had a lot of, a lot of talking, a lot of character kind of development, slow moment. So now we have to double up on the action. this episode. We got to get it on. It was clear from the start because they identified the three geographic locations, mm-hmm. and it was boom, 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 got to go. And they they didn't even get to the third one, which of course we will talk about in the next episode. In our next episode of G.I. Joe, Spirit and Storm Shadow continue their fight over the Weather Dominator. Roadblock and Octo Road kidnap the Cobra Commander in his own temple. Sartan reveals his dangerous plan of treachery. And G.I. Joe and Cobra battle for the recovery of the Legion Corps on the roof of the world. All in the next exciting episode of G.I. Joe, The Revenge of Cobra. This is Knowing is half the babble where each of us gets a little bit of time to talk about anything we want it might not even be gi joe related i'm going to kick us off this time uh because just real quick i want to say we've done a lot of talking about joe fest i want to encourage everybody listening to get out there and interact with gi joe fans uh whether it's on his tank whether you can actually get out to a convention go to a toy show find somebody selling gi joe toys uh get on you know social media whatever gi joe facebook groups and i I know there's a lot of toxicity out there in the fandom but talking to other fans finding out other people's likes you know maybe you sit down and you talk about a figure that's not your favorite but somebody else has a perspective that makes you realize oh i get why they like this thing or this facet of joe that i didn't previously appreciate this person does because that's what's happened with me is i didn't care at all about any post like 88 89 joe stuff and now that i've been interacting with the fandom and talking with christian and noel uh about this stuff for three years i am interested in it i am interested in opening up and exploring and learning more about joe and it just makes it more fun 
uh, going beyond those five years of Joe that I had when I was a kid has been an absolute blast. And, and I'm just having the best time of my life right now talking to new and different people about Joe. So I encourage everyone to get out there and expand your Joe horizons. You might even end up enjoying the Shadow Ninjas. Okay, well, let's not get carried <laughs> That's away. That's a stretch. Uh, Noel, what have you got? <laughs> so I just want to give uh, just a shout out to... Um, you may we we may have even mentioned the instagram page here before uh it's forgotten figures robot.sonic.421 on instagram um but while i've perused some of the pictures on instagram before i had never really gotten into the 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 blogspot site that he runs uh forgotten uh two hyphens figures.blogspot.com and uh this site has been uh updated since 1999 so there's like 24 <laughs> years of posts that are mostly about gi joes he covers some other things too and he's still updating it uh updated it uh this week so um i presume it's a he um but uh but yeah lots i mean uh, much like joeaday.com um you can you can get lost in in these posts for uh you know it'll take up weeks of your time oh that's the best i i love finding like an old resource like that or an old asset that just somebody just put love and care into for years and is maybe a little underappreciated yeah so uh yeah good 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 stuff check it out the uh, tons of joe and joe adjacent content on there christian you got anything to babble about sort of tying in um like with Noel there, um, so we mentioned before uh, about the uh, Paul Harding who sculpted uh, quite a few of the figures for Classified. And most of the figures that he sculpted are now coming out. Like he did Torpedo. Um, he did the Snow Serpent. So check out his socials because he's been sharing. Now that the figures are are announced and out there he is sharing more behind the scenes yes yes type stuff into um the you know the sculpting process and what made it what didn't and i love that kind of behind the scenes stuff so again his name is paul harding check him out all right well you guys that's a show before we go noel why don't you tell us a little bit about the finest the Finest is a G.I. Joe costuming club, and uh, you can find out more about us on thefinestcc.com. Uh, if you ever thought about dressing up like your favorite Joe character, uh, you can join up and help us raise money for a fantastic charity called Canines for Warriors. And Christian, where can we find that toy photography of yours? You can find me on Flickr.com and Instagram under the name Legion Cub. Well, everybody listening, uh, thanks for sitting down and uh, hanging out with us, talking about G.I. Joe, Christian, Noel. We've had a great time once again. Until next time, yo, Joe.
You have been listening to a Needless Things podcast. You can follow Needless Things on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at needlessthingspodcast.com. Love you. Mean it. Uh Uh-huh.